Welcome to Gin and Topics Tasting Room. I'm swapping Anya for Emma, our resident gin expert, the little monkey. And she's going to tell us about the gin that we drank this week, what we should have tasted, and what we could do with the rest of the bottle. So pour a glass and join us in a little gin tasting. last one of the series and as I said I'm taking you away. I'm very excited. Have you got your swimmies? I'm a little bit sad because it's the last one in the series but um, I'm going on holiday so I'm all right. Where are we going? We are going to Portugal. Ooh, love it. Or actually no we're just drinking gin from Portugal sorry I can't afford to take you away. I close my eyes while I sip. Yeah absolutely. It'll be almost like I'm there. You can close your eyes or you could just stare into the bottle, which I love the bottle. Do you know, it just every time I look at it, I think how nice having the label the other side of the bottle to look through. The only thing that ruins it is the UK sticker on the front. <laughs> so this is the Sherish gin, isn't it? So it's a weird shaped bottle. Yes. But it's it's the original one, not the blue one. It is the original one, yes. Not yeah. the blue one. What's the difference between the two? Um, one's blue and one is <laughs> I, I think that might be the only difference. I'm not sure if they changed the recipe, but the blue one, I know the reason it is blue is because of something called the butterfly blue tea flower, Ooh. which means that it changes colour because butterfly blue tea, when you it's a type of flower, you steep it, um, it turns your liquid blue, and then it acts as a natural pH indicator. So oh, if I anyone see. played at school with red cabbage and smooshed the red cabbage around and then extracted that and then played with acids and alkalis, it's basically like that, but also a lot more delicious than red yeah, cabbage. Yeah, much so, better, but they wouldn't let you play yeah. with gin at school. It would be no. red cabbage. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I might have to try the blue one once this bottle is emptied. I love the bottle shape, but more importantly, we're looking at the gin itself. Yes. So, yeah, the distillers are super proud that they grow quite a lot of the botanicals for, uh, for this one. Um, I mean, it's quite easy if you're in a sunny place like Portugal to grow things like oranges and lemons. So lucky them. Um, they also use a local type of apple, um, which is quite cool. Oh, apple in it as well. Yeah. Other than that, your, uh, your botanicals, it is quite a mix. You've got things like juniper, hooray, uh, coriander seed, things we've talked about a lot in the series. But then you've got vanilla. Yeah cinnamon cloves lemon verbena which is quite interesting i'm um, trying to smell them all and the other thing adding even more complexity to trying to unpick this gin is that the base spirit isn't grain it is a mix of molasses rice and wheat so rather oh. than just being a grain neutral spirit they've got a crazy base made from three different types of things Wow. Why Why would you do that? Why would you do all three things rather than just one? Seems really complicated to me. What's the point? It is quite complicated. It's quite unusual, I would say. Um, I mean, different base spirits do add different things to a gin. So your grain neutral spirit is there to act as quite a, a blank yeah. canvas. Um, there are gins that use grapes. So cognac, um, famous for making booze from grapes. They actually do then... Um, make a quite a neutral spirit from the grapes and then they add botanicals on top of that and you end up with a bit of a fruitier mm. element to it. 
Um, so, I mean, for this one, wheat, that's quite normal grain. Um, so I'll put that to one side. Rice, um, it's normally kind of Asian spirits and soshus and things like that, or sakes that you'd have from rice. So that's quite unusual. Um, and then molasses, the only thing I can think is maybe it's giving a kind of a texture and a mm. thickness to, um, to the spirit. But I, I mean, it does mean that not only are we talking weird base spirit, we've then got quite an interesting mix of the botanicals on top of that. So few classic and then spice and all over the place. And then you've got the local orange, lemon yeah. and apple. So there's quite a lot to unpick. Um, they don't give themselves a kind of easy job. So they cold infuse each of the botanicals separately with the spirit for between 30 days and nine months. Oh, my God. Then they distill each of them separately and then they blend them all together. So, yeah. I mean... That is a lot of work to produce a gin. Is it worth it? I mean, it's quite a pleasant spirit. Um, I'd say it's definitely more of a contemporary gin. So Juniper's Mm. taking a bit of a back seat, um, which isn't surprising because you have got quite a lot, as I say, going on. Um, But it's warming. You've got kind of cinnamon, spice, apples. You've got some lift from citrus, but I feel like it's a bit more of like from the herbal lemon verbena rather than actual fresh citrus. Yeah, it's much more spicy, uh, sort of more of a winter warmer type gin than a really fresh citrusy taste yeah it's going down quite well and i'm just wondering whether i want to pair it with something to see what happens well let's have a go i don't know whether it's because it's the end of the series and i've lost the plot but i kind of want to splosh some apple tizer in it (laughs) apple tizer in there oh that actually would be really nice i haven't got any so i can't so i'm gonna put some tonic in but yeah i think i'm gonna try tonic as well i guess if we bring things back to earth and throw my appetizer craziness out the window, you could try ginger ale. I think the apple notes and the spice oh, notes would work, work quite well. We've recommended yeah. ginger ale quite a lot, I think, actually, for throughout the series yeah. for some of these Yeah, gyms. we have. It's a nice alternative, I think, to, uh, to tonic. It does work nicely with tonic, though, although it does, the bitterness and the spice slightly fights against each other. Yeah, yeah. I've lost it. I've got too much tonic to my gin oh no and I was quite enjoying sipping it neat and now I'm like it's not (laughs) as great it's not as great um but really I find it amazing that people will go to that much trouble to make a drink yeah there's quite a few people who will distill each of the botanicals separately to get um more control over what they're extracting um yeah you have people that separate botanicals into different ways our favorite you know the vapor infused everything in a basket like you're standing in the gin shower um but i you know if you're going to go to all that trouble you really care about your spirit and you really care about what you're making um yeah and i think that does come across whether it is a classic ginny gin i don't think it is but is it delicious yes Yes. Can we drink it? Absolutely. (laughs) And it was nice to be able to finish in Portugal with a little bit of warmth and sunshine with our gin for the end of the series. It's one of my favourite places that we've been to on holiday in quite a few years. And and on this podcast. uh... Absolutely. (laughs) Now, I've got a really important question for you. Oh, yeah? Looking back over the whole series worth of gins... Which one's been your favourite? I mean, that's a difficult one. Because, I mean, I brought the one for the first 
episode. True. And that is my True. desert island gin. I don't think you're allowed to pick the one you bring, though. Um, I'd say the one that I've m- most enjoyed trying um, is probably the Linden Lime. I hadn't tried yeah. that for a while, and I forgot how absolutely delicious this is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I approve. I approve <laughs> of your Phew. choice. And I will refrain from sharing mine because oh, there are too many, but I can tell you which one was the worst. <laughs> I think everyone can guess that it was beer. Oh, God. Didn't do it for me. So bad. Didn't do it for me at all. <laughs> I think we can all agree that was the worst of the series. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, bringing me along to give my thoughts on that. It was such a delight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and thank you for giving us education on gin and gin tasting and taking us through all of these gins. Um, Of course, that's it for now, but not forever. We'll be back. Because we're already recording series (laughs) four. So we're going to have more gins. There are try. so many gins out there. We've just got to keep going. There's so yeah. many good ones to find. Hopefully less of the terrible ones, but hey, it makes life interesting. But hey, you can appreciate the good ones more when you have the terrible ones to <laughs> sort of balance that off. So we'll find you some more gins and we'll be back in this tasting room again really soon. Amazing. I will see you then. I can't wait. See you then. Right. Off to the beach. Woohoo. <laughs> So there you go. That was this week's gin. And if you haven't listened to the topic that we paired with the gin, then why don't you do that now with the rest of your glass? And if you want to share what you're pairing your gin with and what you're going to do with the rest of your bottle, then join us on social media at Topic Gin. And of course, listen again next week for another topic. Quite a few more gins. See you then. Cheers. Cheers.